You are now listening to the InterVR Podcast. I'm Chris Miranda, your host. And today, you are going to get a deep, 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 in-depth look into a little bit of my life and who I am as a host of this, this podcast for the past five years. I, I acknowledge that I haven't been very, how do you say, um, forward about who I am. And in, in today's show, I'm going to do exactly that. Um, and I'm going to introduce you to my, my little brother, Junior, and my good friend from my childhood, Mincy. Um, they are both in Nicaragua right now, uh, uh, undergoing immense shock and trauma, which we will get to. Um, but first of all, thank you, mu- thank you so much for coming on the show, guys. I'm excited for this. Hey, how's it going? Oh, thank you. Yeah, guys. Hey, thank you. This is going to be so much fun. Um, okay, so so if you are a virtual reality fan and all you care about is virtual reality, by the way, um, and, and don't want to know much about what's going on around the world and in my life, um, feel free to check out other podcasts because I have a whole library of other podcasts that talk about specifically, specifically about virtual reality only. Um, so let's get this started. I'm excited to have a really good conversation with you guys because you guys are part of the virtual reality community in Nicaragua. I know there's not a big community of virtual reality enthusiasts in Nicaragua, but you guys are part of it because you've already had exposure to a PSVR. And I just want to get your sort of like your first impressions when you first got to try a, a PSVR. What was that like? And I want to start with, uh, with Mincy because because Junior got to try it in the U.S. Um, so, Mincy, tell me about your first experience with the PSVR. All right. So, well, first of all, hi, guys. Hi, everyone listening. It's an honor for me to be here and for you guys to listen to my voice, you know, just talking some serious and then non-serious stuff on and on. And then, well, my first experience with the VR, let's get into it. Damn, what was it? All right. So, I was playing this... Uh, this uh, tech demos, all right, that comes with a, with a headset, and then um, you, you, you're not going to believe it, I actually took it to work, all right, <laughs> and then, so the boss was not there, so I took advantage of it, and I just took the VR, hooked it up with a TV on the lounge room, and everybody was just like, what the hell's going on, what's that, what's that, you know, everybody's just curious, just huddling around to see what happens now, so I hook it up, I'm not even ready to see what's, what's, uh, going on and i put um what's this uh rush of blood i believe it's called yeah and oh oh man that was quite a ride it was just like what the hell am i in you know what, what what's going on I, I was like transported into another world and it was just awesome i really loved it the immersion is fantastic because the first thing i i i did was test the the motion controls right yeah. you know the basic the 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 example that I have in my head is, of course, the Wii, Nintendo Wii motion controls. So I'm testing to see how accurate it is. It, it is. And, of course, they're, like, I don't know, man, like 100, 100 times more accurate than the Nintendo Wii controllers. I was really, really blown away. And then I just did, I, I tried Resident Evil 7. But I tried it I because when you hook it up and then it says press start and then there's, like, a little room where you can roam around. That little room is just mind blowing, dude. That that's just on another level of how gaming and how immersive gaming can be. It was this was just out of this world. But yeah, so 
still remember that man and i, I get like excited talking about it <laughs> that's amazing dude junior so, so tell me about your first virtual reality experience ever what was that like um oh god <laughs> is that everything all that comes to my mind actually to be honest is um you know being back in the u.s and San Francisco, uh, barely seated with you, Chris, and being high. <laughs> I, um, you know, and the and to be honest, guys, the, the only game I remember is playing, you know, Resident Evil uh, VR virtual reality. Like Mitzi said, the game is freaking mind blowing. Uh, guys, sorry for the background; those are my kids. Um, no but anyways, uh, the the guy, the you know, the guys freaking uh, the game is freaking mind blowing. But it's even better when you're so high because you get so into the game. I, I really went to a phase where I was literally in the game and I felt fucking scared. Sorry about my French. But I was so freaking scared. I was like, oh, my God, this is really happening. Am I going to get myself killed? Well, what the fuck is going on in my background? You so like I, I, I can't I can't even describe it. So, but you know, being out of the height, you know, state, the game is really good. Um, you get to, you know, you know, actually look around and and experience a different level of gaming. So I can say um, I had a great experience. Like I had a really great experience. And the only thing that I can, that I can remember right now that playing Resident Evil, it's a great experience for VR. So I, if if anyone in the audience hasn't played it, uh, I, I will say that. Please do so. It's a good game. Yes, it's a yeah, must. you're missing out. Yes, it's yes, definitely, definitely a, a must. must. And I've experienced it. Um, and here's the thing: when I played Resident Evil, I beat the whole game, and it was it. You know, it was a journey. It felt like a real journey that I physically, almost as physically as you could, ha- could you could get through. And I felt, you know what? I felt like um, when I finished the game, I had this like super satisfying feeling, like. Oh, oh! I climbed the mountain. I I beat the mountain. I beat the mountain. It was it was a large mountain, but I beat it. And it was I didn't think I could, but I did it. And it was so good to feel that experience that you could get through something so visceral, um, and so and almost so real. And you know the cool thing that I I hear about um, you know having you guys experience virtual reality, and is something about you know I think. And and please um, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but I am under the theory that um, people who struggle with paying bills day to day and are worrying mm-hmm. about what the next meal is going to look like don't have much time to think about the far future, a, a far future where virtual reality is here. And everybody's going to virtual reality colleges and going to virtual reality jobs mm-hmm. and going to virtual reality therapy because that's available in, in the future. You know, and, and the cool thing about, you know, you guys having the experience of virtual reality um, is that and having and being able to pr- and being able to show it off at work, um, especially mm-hmm. in a place like Nicaragua where people grow up, you know, a lot of people I know grew up like, you know, the only thing you can think about was the present. And so it's kind of nice to mm-hmm. be able to like, you know, show people that, hey, you know, you're not the future still available and it's still and it's still out there. And look, this is what it looks like. Um, and maybe that might inspire you to 
pursue it some way or or inspire you to you know have a have a better outlook on life i don't know maybe i'm putting too much into the power of vr but to me if i felt like when i first tried vr i um i felt like oh my god i can dream about the future again i can i can i can see a future where this is actually impactful and it can actually do good um and it's one of the reasons why i got into it so so with so much passion um so i wonder do you guys think it's there's something to that you know being able to show people these these gadgets sort of inspires them to see a better future maybe um i think that uh, for nicaragua you know there's one thing that and i think nancy can agree with me um on this um people here in nicaragua and this is what i because this is for what i'm i have seen i feel people on the streets outside of my community the ones that i know are still stuck in the ps3 area uh, era Mm-hmm. I don't know, Mincy. I don't know, Mincy. If you mm-hmm. you know feel it that way, you know you go you go outside of your neighborhood and you talk to someone. Hey, have you played any video game? You know they will relate it. They will relate everything they know about video games about PS3, probably PS2, and going back to GameCube. But they still mm-hmm. haven't you know passed this you know um, wall of you know or this uh, you know bridge of moving to PS4 or VR. So I guess if you know if someone could have can can bring or if you could introduce, you know, this product in a good way in Nicaragua, uh, you know, people will really get to know exactly how technology looks outside of the box. See what I'm saying? I don't know, Mincy, if you could agree with me on that. But I, especially here in Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, to add on the first, what Chris said about people living in the present, that is very true. Uh, since the, you know, majority will live in, well, I'm not going to say, like, I'm not gonna say that I that I live in, po- in poverty, but I do agree with the fact that not everyone can uh, afford certain things, right, That's in their day to day life. So um, a lot of people just live uh, paycheck to paycheck. Of course, this paints a really, you know, like Chris said, a present present oriented reality to people. And then, uh, well, it's also true what Junior said. A lot of people. You ask them about video games and stuff, they are indeed stuck in the past generation of consoles, all right? Um, Not even into PC gaming. It's just because building a a gaming PC in here is a lot lot more expensive than just buying a a console. So that is also true. Um, Speaking about the, you know, the uses of of VR, uh, going back to what Chris said at the beginning, uh, as a psychologist, um, I do see the potential in therapy, like you said, Chris. Definitely. I believe that would be a really, really good use of this technology. All right? So you could you could use it to um, counteract stuff like PTSD or maybe start treating um, certain phobias. All right? And it's just all in a, in a controlled and safe environment, which is the VR environment. It definitely paints an interesting uh, image on the future, because what Chris said, it also, it rings back to something I was thinking on a couple of days ago, and I was thinking about, you know, because I was also reading uh, Ready Player One. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I was just thinking, damn, wouldn't it be cool if we had some sort of oasis, you know, just 
hooked yourself up and then you're instantly somewhere else. You can be whoever you want. And I know we're getting there slowly, but we're getting there. But pain is just so uh, overwhelming to think about it at the moment, at least from a uh, from Nicaraguan perspective. But then again, it was it's just uh, mind boggling to think about that. I have a I have a theory, and and I'm gonna touch on two things. One of them is I I agree 100% with Junior in that doing VR while high on cannabis is an experience magnifier. You want to do it high on cannabis because you are losing, it's easier to lose your sense of inhibition um, and you increase the immersion by orders of magnitude. And and so I have wanted to start a VR arcade in San Francisco um, where we hook you up into VR. But before you go into VR, you're going to get baked, dude. You're going to get hella baked. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then and then we'll and then we'll gu- we'll guide you through the matrix uh, as big as you can be and so and so uh, because I honestly think that there would be a huge market for that you know these two technologies these two tools go hand in hand um, <laughs> now the other thing about um, uh, the the reason why I think I have a theory as to why people in Nicaragua might be. Uh, stuck, as you guys say, in the PS3 era and be- and below. And I think it's because PlayStation Online for PS4, you have to pay for it, like $50 a year. Mm-hmm. And that's right. yeah. accessible. You know, like, that's you're, you're going to pay, what, like $250, $300, $400 for a PlayStation 4, whatever price you pay in Nicaragua. And then you won't mm-hmm. be able to play games online? Why would I do that? You know, where I can do it on the PS3 library for free, you know? Yeah, it becomes a blocker. Yeah, it it yeah, that's actually uh, one of the main reasons also. Blocker, yeah, which kind of sucks if you think about it. Come on, Sony, don't be so greedy. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, and I've had some amazing, amazing experiences playing PS3 online. Um, like for example, my junior and I, we we used to we used to play Grand Theft Auto Five on PS3, and this one time we ended up running into this hacker that made it rain oh. money. <laughs> and I remember, oh god, oh god, I that was so, oh my god, thirty million dollars worth of Grand Theft Auto credit money from this hacker. And again, he was on top of a mountain, like Jesus. And he just made it rain, you know, made the money rain down the mountain. It was. It yeah, was, I, was to, I think I was able to raise like forty million dollars only in Grand Theft Auto. That's worth what person dollars? I, okay, so you, people might might um might might correct me on this, but I have a feeling that we you got at least six hundred dollars worth of Grand Theft Auto credit. Rockstar, <laughs> please don't ban us. If anybody don't ban our account, well, please. Well, I think well, even if, well, I think even if they try it, it's too late. I think my money's gone already. <laughs> I spend it in stupid stuff in the game, so it's gone. It's long gone. He has a yacht. He has what you got? All sorts of airplanes and yeah. helicopters. Yeah, and yeah, I think I also bought a bunker the other day. So yeah, the money's all gone. So. <laughs> Rockstar, even if you try, you're not going to win this time. Sorry about that. 
<laughs> they might. Damn. I don't know, man. They might ban your account. They might just say, "Hey, you can't play Yo, the photo no, anymore." They they can't do it. They're, they're gonna lose a customer. <laughs> <laughs> a customer that lies and cheats, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a long time customer. He knows it. <laughs> oh god. You are. You are. Yeah, but. I don't. I don't think that's their definition of a customer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I missed out. The photo, dude. I, it's been. It. I feel like we have to put this thing together where all of us just go inside um, Grand Theft GTA Online and just and just you know mess around. I. The thing about GTA Online, though, I'm not gonna lie, is that at this point there's so many good players who just become gods in that game that it's so hard <laughs> to like you know, put up a fight against them. It takes, I remember, I remember it was me and my two brothers riding helicopters and getting bazookas, getting all sorts of weaponry. And we would go against this one guy and this one guy would bring all of us down. We just whoop all of our assets. Like it was just, it was was insane. And so, and so that's the one thing about Grand Theft Auto that I warn you, I mean, see, if you see someone, run away we're, we're all running <laughs> there's no fighting in there it's, it's they're insane they're they're crazy <laughs> i think i remember i think i remember i was even trying to you know give uh give him some headshots to that guy and the guy won't die man and i was like what the hell is this guy oh my god where did he come from i'm like no but then yeah he 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 hit us down and you know he he bring my helicopter us. down. We got he bring my helicopter down. Yeah, I think got... the other day, the other day, I guess, I think, um, I remember, I picked up, I, I bought a tank. I bought a tank, guys. I bought a tank. Oh, snaps. I, I, yeah, I bought it. And, and I looked for this guy. And I, I was I was so uh, excited because I I, I I was feeling like, okay, I got a tool. I got my weapon. I'm going to kill, kick this guy's ass and i'm gonna take revenge upon him no that didn't work the guy's a term the guy's a terminator in the game he's somehow a terminator he's a t t 2000 tx 2000 i don't know what serial number he might be but damn i think i got the game so hacked i don't know that's gotta be it i mean at, at that point this guy's gotta be a hacker because if you if you go up against him with a tank and you're still having issues, like even doing yeah. like that's insane. You can beat a tank. It's freaking tank. Yeah, I agree with that. Can you? Can you? By the way, have you tried destroying your tank? Have you? Have you tried? Uh, um, I've tried. Yeah. Just like like you know rock you like rocket my tank and all that. Yeah, I have tried and and that, that and my tank survives and you know it, it takes it, but somehow this guy gives. Somehow this guy's just hit me like two, two rocket launchers and I'm down. I'm- Superhuman powers in GTA, man. That's it. That's what it is. Uh, I believe a tank might take down the tank, but I don't know, man. That, that's just it's just crazy. It is crazy. But then again, you 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 see, this is the problem with some uh, some online games nowadays, and um, it it diverts into a pay-to-win scenario. I'm pretty sure a lot of those are, you know, what they call whales, which is just someone who cashes in a lot of money, and yes. then, because that, because then there are a lot of, a lot of us. I mean, like me, right? I don't, I don't exactly hash out like a, you know, real money to get in-game money, but there are people who do like 
a lot of that. And, you know, yeah, I mean, I guess you have the right to do that. Why not? It's all fun and games. It's your money. You can spend it however you want. But then for someone who wants to be, like, on the top from the bottom and then all the way to the top without recurring to that, it's going to be extra tough to do so. And this is a... And I don't know... Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. It's just... No, no, no. It's, it's fine. It's just the the way it is now. There's so many games going through that a microtransaction system, and uh, I prefer games who don't that don't do that. But then again, I also get that microtransactions are like optional, even though some games might might try to steer you into that uh, behavior. But it's just it's just the way that it's the business. That's how the business evolved now. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough to say where this is all leading to. I um, mean, how the consumer is going to end up benefiting ultimately, because that's what it's all about. Like, if the consumer isn't benefiting, uh, you know, then you don't have a stable, reliable market, you know. And I think this brings this. This is a great transition into something like fighting games, where you don't have to worry so much about you know pay to play, you know, pay to win sort of strategies. You, it's it like there's a game that, for example, Minty and I have been playing called Dragon Ball Fighter Z, mm-hmm. and you know right. it's all skill. There's there's no amount of pain that you can do to, to make your character better because that's just not allowed. And and so because of that, there's this sense of like real ownership over every time that you play and you win a match. Like I did that, man. I know I did it. I did it with just my thumbs. But I did that, and it feels good. You know, it's it's it's, it's like it's like um, because the game is so strategic, and, and you can put together these combos that seem to go on endlessly. And it's also so well done that you feel like you're playing the cartoon. You feel like you're playing the anime because of the the art style. Right. Um, so so. So Mincy and I have gone back and forth. Mincy is obviously the better the the better opponent. I'm not gonna lie; he's owned me a few a more times than I can remember. Um, and so I want to know about. Yeah, you got better. I I try. I try. Got... I... <laughs> and so I want to yeah, know about your on, strategies. On, how how are you? How how did you get good at Dragon Ball Fighter Z? First of all, because you know I need to get I need to get back at you. I need to uh, uh, exact revenge. <laughs> <laughs> well, revenge will come. I know it will. I, you know, there's only so long that one can be king of the hill. But I'm not, you know, just humble brag. But um, well, it's it's a matter of just, I don't know, man. I just love the the fucking game, man, and I keep playing it. And then I also got, I got The Witcher three. All right, Ooh. so I got the game. I got uh, Dragon Ball, and I got The Witcher three. And those of you who played Witcher three know. They, you guys know, right? The Witcher Three did the scale of that game is just gigantic. Um, and then you know you you have to spend you have to put in so many hours in a game like The Witcher Three. And I believe, but I still keep putting more hours into Dragon Ball. Man, I don't know what it is. I have more than hundred hours into that game, and I look at The Witcher Three, and it's just barely forty hours. And I obviously feel like I haven't, I haven't like. I'm not even at the at half of the story mode yet in The Witcher Three, so but yeah, I mean it's just it's just something about about beating someone's ass using fucking Goku or something <laughs> that drives me back to the game, even though I've gotten other games in the meantime. But it's just I I keep I keep I 
keep them on the backlog. You know, something that's interesting is I, I haven't seen um, a, a really good virtual reality fighting game. Like, like, mm-hmm. like, I, like, let's say someone wanted to create Street Fighter VR and you literally have to mm-hmm. punch and dodge punches and you know and then you have a button to kick like you know it would be interesting to see if you could possibly adapt that mechanic where you can fight people in virtual reality in first person but i don't know man i don't know it would be uh it would be very jarring to just get punched in the face by a virtual reality person uh <laughs> but, but yeah no yeah, dragon what, what let me ask you more about dragon ball really quick because yeah sure yeah, this sure. is the thing this is a game that i honestly have put so many hours into um and i again i i want to know again about like what is your favorite strategy to mm-hmm. to to beat up opponents because what i do is i like to mm-hmm. choose gohan and I just smash the square button over and over and over and over again <laughs> until you're dead. <laughs> That's all I, I do. I, I, I just, I, I, I know it's not the best strategy, but I just press buttons. That's it. That's all I do every time. I just randomly press from X to square to circle, like I want to, to just to see whatever comes. Dude, I'm so bad. Hey, yeah, like, what it, it worth, man? And that's the beauty of the game. That <laughs> game is built upon it's built upon like basic basic uh you know fighting game mechanics, but then you could also it's you could also master it and play it competitively. Alright? So like like Chris said, if you just press square and then like Junior said, if you press this button, then that one, then a combo will come off. You're gonna see a combo. You're gonna land a combo just by pressing a button. And that that's uh that's a good way to to engage with newcomers, right? Um, my strategy, what I like to do, or I, what I've learned to do, because I actually, um, this comes from, from my time playing Marvel vs. Capcom as well, back in the PS3 and the PS2. Oh. So, what I, yeah, you can see, right? 3 versus 3, that's, that's my kind of versus fighting game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what, uh, what I, what I intend to do now is get a read on the opponent, just like testing out What's the what's their tactic? Because you can then, if you get into the opponent's head, that matches yours. All right. So you see, and you 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 you're aware. You're looking for cues. All right. So after this move, this guy always does this stuff like that, and then you can get a read on him, and then boom, you punish him, and you get into him. As the more you punish, the more frustration overcomes the opponent in. You first win the mental battle, and then you get him on the game, man. That's pretty much it. That's why I am so I'm a more formidable of an, of an opponent on the first round because exactly. because they don't because they don't know my patterns, but because I only stick to my only pattern. By the second round, they figure mm-hmm. it out, and then I'm fucked. You know, that's basically what happens. <laughs> Ah, yeah. I, I, I always wonder at what point do you guys think of all that during the fight? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> dude, I just every time I play, I don't know, whatever. If, even if it's Smash Brothers, you know, Millie. Oh, or, dude, Smash or, Brothers it, Ultimate yeah, coming. You know, we need to talk about oh, yeah, that. Yeah, please yeah, continue, continue. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, fuck yeah, yeah, but 
So I, I, I like every time we start a fight, it's not like I go and say, you know, I know what strategy it means he will come up. I'll go this way and then he, I'll attack this way and then now whatever, bro. I do it. I just go. I just go with the flow, man. I don't know at what point you guys. I don't know what at what point you guys think of all that. Hold on. But I know. Were, I know uh, a guy. I know a guy who who does who's a master in that. It means he can agree with me. And it's a guy. Um, it's called. It's, it's Derek. You know, Chris. You know, you know, Derek. <laughs> yep, yep, you know, yep, yep, he's a, yep, he's a faster. He's a, he's a strategic faster in Millie, and I and I think is is has has he played uh, Dragon Ball Minty, Derek, or has he? Or he has. He has. He has. Is he it has, good? Or, the thing is, he's uh, he's learning. The thing is, he doesn't own a PS4, right, or an Xbox oh, One. But um, yeah, that's why he's not good yet. Yet. Wait yeah. till he gets his hands on it on the PC version, and then I'm pretty sure good matches are bound to come when he learns to play it. Speaking yeah. of Smash, by the way, let me touch on that. Smash oh, no. is it's it's a it's a it's a really interesting game if you think about it. What you were saying, Junior, it reminded me, and I was just thinking, you play by instinct, right? Not by strategy. Yes. So you just get your controller in hand. I go. I go. You control Doctor Mario, <laughs> and then, then you're just like. I go ultra instinct. It's like I go ultra instinct every time I play that game. It's like I don't care what it comes. I go ultra. (laughs) Yeah, man, that's smash. It has that's the need to smash, man. When you get it, then you into it. It's just I love that. I'm so excited for. For Smash Brothers Ultimate, by the way, it's going to be fucking amazing. All the fighters from every single Smash Brothers is coming out to to uh, for this game and it's going to be it's going to be amazing. It's I can't wait for this game. Um it's such a shame that Nintendo ah, uh, that you guys don't have a Switch. Man, you guys need to get a Switch, man. Ah, uh, cuz uh, it's so good. And the thing about it is that like Nintendo ah, uh, it's it fucks with you because they put out these consoles and, and and a lot of times, you know, the only games that you're going to end up playing are Mario, Zelda and Metroid or something like that. And so and so and so it's like you're buying a three hundred dollar Zelda machine or or <laughs> it's, it's 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 you know what I'm saying? It's like when people buy a, a MacBook Pro, a three thousand dollar laptop mm-hmm. and all they do is browse Facebook. It's like it's like it almost it almost feels like that. Like I you know, like with a PC with a a, a VR rig, like you can do so much more and, and just and and you know what's going on guys? I am becoming uh little by little I'm being absorbed by the PC master race. Um and and, and, and I need to I need to stop because it's all about gaming, not about, you know, what console or, or platform you play on. Um no, mm-hmm. not even the PC master race. The VR master race. That I'm, I'm even more snobby than that. Like I'm, I'm terrible. <laughs> um, so that's a very niche, a yes. very niche, uh, you know, market to go into. I agree. It's very niche. It's a very small world in the virtual reality community. Everybody knows everybody. Um, thankfully, <laughs> most everybody you meet is awesome, um, <laughs> and so and so it, it, it works out like that. Um, but yeah, no. So Junior, you your strategy was Ultra Instinct in Smash Brothers. It means yeah. did you have a strategy? Oh, by the way, did you did you <laughs> did you go into Smash Brothers the same way you sort of go into Dragon Ball Fighter Z? 
No, I actually follow Junior's strategy. <laughs> At least in Smash. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've been playing. A Smash mm-hmm. seems like it allows for that kind of mentality, you know, where you can just have fun and just not care mm-hmm. about strategy so much. Right, exactly. Because the thing, I've been playing Smash since the 64, Nintendo 64 version. We played, right? You guys played with me oh, yeah. back in the day. Yep, yep. The good old days, right? And the same pattern that I use, and I'm, all right, so those of you who are listening, and I'm pretty familiar with Smash Melee, I'm pretty sure you guys know that you use the C-stick to do the smash effects, right? Yep. Oh, that yes. Obviously, the C-sticks C obviously are non-existent in the N64 version. This is how old school I am when I play Smash. I don't use the C-stick that much because I'm, I'm used to playing the N64 version so much that whenever I want to use a smash attack, I just do the tap A thing. Tap, uh, you know, the, the, the oh, yeah, move the stick. Yeah, me too. Right? I forget about the C-stick, and the C-stick is a must if you want to win. But, yeah, that's me, man. That's interesting. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought everybody played that way. But what you're saying <laughs> is that most people play with the C-stick. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, shit, dude. I've been playing it, I've been playing it wrong the whole time, too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool because the game is flexible like that. You, can, you have options right. to, you know... Uh, play that whatever way you want, basically. Yeah, exactly. And that's the beauty of it. Because you see, if you use the C-stick, for example, all right, and then you're, you're um, maybe you're controlling uh, Captain Falcon, and you know in Smash Melee, if you're an airborne and you do the forward A, he goes with a knee. He, you know, he hits you with a knee, and it's a fucking strong knee. That's one strong, that's one hell of a knee. All right? So obviously, if you jump and you do forward A, you control the character to move forward. Whereas if you just want to jump and do the knee without moving, all you have to do is jump and then press the C stick forward. And then the character doesn't move, but you still do the attack. And things like that, those, you know, those little techniques help you. Because this match is all about spacing. If you, the, person, the, the player who controls the space, that's the winner right there. Control the stage, you win. Yeah. And you control the stage by, you know, controlling, you know, pretty much the character. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll never stop playing Pikachu. I'm always gonna play. <laughs> I'm always gonna play Pikachu. <laughs> Ever since since the Nintendo, I've been playing Pikachu since the Nintendo 64 days, and I'm not gonna stop. I can't I can't wait to spend spend sixty dollars on the game to play the same character again. <laughs> I'm not even gonna bother. There's sixty seven characters. I'm not even gonna bother with sixty six of them. I'm gonna just stick to Pikachu. Watch. It's gonna be a week. It's gonna be great. <laughs> I believe you, man. I believe you. I know you'll do it. I know you'll do it. And, that's, yeah. that's and the thing about Nintendo, and honestly, that makes these consoles that they put out worth it, is that they're, again, you know, the same thing with Smash. It's They're so accessible. The gameplay is so accessible. Like, Mario Kart is such an accessible racing game. Because what's end up happening is that you're in the first, you're in first place, and you get power-ups that are less powerful than someone that is in eighth place, for example. And the game sort of balances itself out that way. And so mm-hmm. that's the beautiful the beautiful thing about Nintendo games is that they, they make it they make them so they make them universally fun and they're really good right. at making them accessible, you know. That's the beauty of them. They do they knew they know they know how to do it, man. Definitely. Mario Kart is just a beauty of the game as well. And it, you know, a lot of people say 
it could also be one of those friendship destroyer games, kind of like Monopoly <laughs> or Mario Party. <laughs> but that fucking blue shell, man, fuck it, fuck that blue shell, man, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, the blue shell. It's, what it is. It seriously is. Yeah, and and you know the there's moments where you're like your buddy has the blue shell, and you know that he has the blue shell, and so you tell him please don't blue shell me, please please don't blue shell me, but he's like you know he's watering Fuck at you. the mouth. He's gonna get you with that blue shell, and he's like, "Come here!" And you're like, "No!" And it's like over, and it happens in Rainbow Road. So you fall off the fucking oh, map, oh. and then you're you're left behind four places. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what that's my part for you. There's a friendship destroyer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. But but then again, it's also so beautiful. <laughs> or maybe we're masochists. I don't know. I, I can't tell the difference now. <laughs> what was the uh, what was the last movie you guys seen? Have you guys seen any good movies lately? I watched SpongeBob SquarePants yesterday. Uh, did you really? <laughs> I did. I did. I actually yeah. did. Okay. Was it, was That's it fun? Tell me was about it. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird movie, man. I believe I would have enjoyed it more if I was high. <laughs> Unfortunately, I wasn't. So I was watching it, and then it looked like a really long SpongeBob episode. Until it gets weird. At the end, it gets so fucking weird. You see fucking David Hasselhoff, man. And then SpongeBob and Patrick, they ride David Hasselhoff. And Hasselhoff is just swimming. And I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? Why do I, why, why can I play, why can I put stop? Why? I'm not, <laughs> you know, no one's making me watch this. Why do I keep watching it? And then it just, it devolved into this weird, weird Thing. It's a weird movie, man. I don't know. You definitely have to be high to get it or enjoy it. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't. And I that, don't know. I don't know if you sold it very well to me. Like, uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a lot of good things that are great while you're high. It doesn't necessarily mean them, they're great. <laughs> so, 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 SpongeBob, man. That's all right. Well, I, let's see. What's the last movie I've seen, Junior? What about you? What's the last movie you've seen? Uh, the hot chick. I saw. I no, saw it yesterday. <laughs> yeah, hot chick. Well, hold on. That's nice. the one with the uh, um, not Sandra Bullock. Wait. No, hold on. No, 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 no. Um, what is this? Um, oh God. Uh, the girl from uh, Scary Snyder. Movie. Rob Schneider. Yes. Rob Schneider. Yeah. Yes. He switches body with this other girl, which is hot as well. Rachel, Rachel McAdam. Rachel. Isn't, yeah. Isn't Rachel McAdam? I don't know the name. I don't remember the name. I just all I saw was she's hot. She's hot. She's a hot chick. Yeah, that's all. It was pretty. It's a it's a hilarious movie though. It is a good movie. You guys should see it again. I was like, uh, yeah. I was like, go ahead, Junior. I was like yesterday. I was like, I was talking to Natalia. I was like, you know, let's watch a movie like. Like the one, the ones we we used to see in stars, because uh, I don't know you guys, but we used to have stars for free on local cable <laughs> here oh, in Nicaragua. Wow. But then, but yeah. then they took it off. But then they took it off, and and then we and and you know we all were like, you know, Star was the bomb because you know every month you have a a new movie coming up. And probably that it's a movie that came out on movies like three months ago. So it was, it was like it was really cool to have stars and local cable. But then they took it off because they they know they were losing business with doing that. So 
or I don't know. I don't know what was the deal, be, 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 you know, behind that. But but then you know, Hot Chick was one of the movies you know airing on Stars. So then I was like, let's with Natalia, let's go ahead and watch a movie we used to watch in Stars. So and the first movie that came to my mind was this Hot Chick with Rob Schneider. And then I laugh out loud yesterday, um, <laughs> seeing this, seeing yeah, seeing this guy that you know doing all this you know chicks moves and all that, pretending he was a girl and all that, you know, looking at the at the ice cream with the guy that was. <laughs> Oh my god. And then the guy was asking for the money and then he thought he was gonna play, you know, he was gonna get it for free, but then fuck no, give me my give me my ten bucks. And it was like but it was a hilarious movie. It was a hilarious movie. You guys, yeah. yeah. Rob Rob Schneider's Deuce Bigelow, Mel Gigolo and Armageddon <laughs> are both on par as two of the greatest movies of all time in my book. So, and I can't decide which one is better. I can't decide whether I like Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo more than Armageddon from with Bruce Willis. I can't decide. Dude, uh, dude uh, Deuce Bigelow, um, European thing, the, the second part, that shit is just hilarious, man. So many big jokes. So many big jokes. <laughs> uh, you know what? I've been, t- I've been tempted. So, so, you know what I did the other day, uh, a, a couple months ago, is I, um, there's this program called Google Blocks, right? And and you know how like in school there's that one kid who like just draws spends his his day in class drawing dicks all over the on <laughs> all over his his books notebooks and stuff that's that's all he did that was that one kid you know you, everybody knew that one kid that that spent his day drawing dicks everybody knows that one kid you know and so and so I was like I was like I wanted to channel that energy I wanted to channel that one kid as myself but in virtual reality. <laughs> And so there's this program called Google Blocks where you can model things with your hands. And so I started modeling all sorts of dicks, dude, just everywhere, just putting them all over the place. It was in, in, in three dimension. And so, so, and so it, was, um, it was weird. It was totally weird. But, but you know what? I felt like I got that itch. I scratched that itch, you know, of, of wanting to, to, to draw dicks. I, 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 I think... Um, I um I think I, I scratched it thoroughly. No wonder it was weird. You had dicks all the place around, <laughs> and, and they were floating in all directions, and they were all colorful sizes, and it was just yeah. You know, I wanted to I wanted to put people in a you know I wanted to create a VR experience that would make people feel relaxed. And so okay, I, I so penises, penises would relax people. Surrounded by dicks, yeah. <laughs> that oh, makes God. sense, man. Yeah, I mean, whatever, whatever rings your bell, I guess. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's gonna be VR's killer app. I'm gonna sell it for ten bucks, and people are gonna be like, "Holy shit, where was this all my life?" <laughs> you know, this is the killer app we've been waiting for. Yeah, and it's full of penises. Yep, penises galore, all over the place, in your face, <laughs> on your forehead, on your chin. Yeah, everywhere. yeah, I don't. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's a game I want to buy. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. That's not. It's not for everybody. That's. I totally understand. Um, but but yeah, no. That's uh, that's in. That's that's the beauty. That's the beauty of VR, where like you can create almost anything you want, um, and it feels real. It feels tangible. It's like right in front of you. Um, and I and I and and you know I can I can only imagine how. People who are actual artists, dude. I've been seeing some like amazing tilt brush, quill, um, these programs, these this, this VR soft, these 
pieces of VR software that are, allow you to create VR, dude. And holy crap, there's mm-hmm. people out there who are creating some amazing things. Um, and I can only dream of getting to their level because of, you know, I, I just don't, you know, I, I feel like I have an artistic brain, but I just don't feel like I, ha- I have such a visual brain to actually put together uh, amazing landscapes. Although I'm really trying, I'm I'm really trying to get better at modeling in VR, um, you know, game design in VR. Um, but I still mm-hmm. ha- I, I have uh, so so lately. By the way, I started teaching myself how to uh, program with C Sharp and Unity mm-hmm. um, because what I want to do is I want to be able to use VR um, to communicate myself, to express myself. And I think one of the things mm-hmm. that I want to do is I'm going to bring it up to you guys now is that, you know, eventually not 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 sure how soon I want to work on this. I want to put together a library, a museum of Sandinista atrocities in virtual oh, reality. Close. And I want to mm-hmm. take it out and I want to take this museum out on tour and show it to people, mm-hmm. you know, show proof of what's going on live in virtual reality. Um, well, not live, but like, you know. So, so you know, the interesting thing is we'll probably talk about this after the podcast, but I want to know if you think that would be an interesting idea and if you could perhaps help me hook me up with people that can give me the images and the videos that I need to populate my museum. Um, mm-hmm. so, so what do you think? Is this, is this a good or bad idea? Am I, am I, would, would I be taking it too far? Or I don't know. I, I, I'm just trying to figure out a way where... You know, we could use virtual reality to help uh, mm-hmm. what's going on in Nicaragua. And this is the transition. I think it's 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 about time that we talk about what, what you guys are going through, um, what mm-hmm. I'm going through because of, you know, watching what you guys are going through. And, yeah, you know, um, context. Let's start with the context. Let's see. Let's start with context. Um, let's see. So the current government in nicaragua there it's headed by this guy named daniel ortega right and he's been in power for the past 11 years um and little by little mm-hmm. in the past 11 years he has been um sort of chipping away at democratic institutions and norms mm-hmm. and traditions and and bodies that were sort of like a a a filter and a safety net for the country you know that was built around the 1990s when after the war um right and so and so and so and so people didn't think much of it honestly i think the economy was doing good and a lot of people were like well you know it could be worse you know we could be starving you know um but mm-hmm. but 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 then but it but then it got to the point where like you know the guy amassed so much power that it's it's and 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 the abuse of power that came with it is has been a shock to me you know i i end up in and this is coming from a country that since it is 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 was up until the past couple months was considered central america's most safest country you know right and central america is not a it's not a uh you know uh, not the safest neighborhood you know exactly and 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 you know i lo- i looked at crime statistics actually and i saw that there were nicaragua has a lower homicide to gun rate rate than than the u.s so more people die in the u.s by gun violence than they die in nicaragua um and 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 so it just goes to show that you guys you know in nicaragua had a very very stable sort of situation up until the last couple months 
Um, uh-huh. And what happened the last couple months was that the U.S., the U.S., <laughs> the government in Nicaragua decided to unilaterally alter the conditions of the Social Security program, right? And, right. And so now sure. older people had to pay less into Social Security, you know, would get less benefits from Social Security, and everybody else would have to pay more into the into their social security and so and so and so the elderly people woke up and started protesting peacefully right and that's yeah. when i started noticing the first videos of them getting beat up by by yeah. government paramilitary shock forces um and yeah. this was insane because i was like what this is nicaragua how is this and this was and 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 honestly i didn't think much of it at first at first i was just like okay you know this sucks this but mm-hmm. i but i but this is temporary this is going to go away um but then students woke up to the fact that the elderly were getting beat up on the streets and they went out on the streets to protest and then you know they were met with bullets live ammunition um yeah. and so and so and so now the situation has spiraled out of control and nicaragua is it's fair to say is become a failed state and mm-hmm. it's crazy that you guys are living through that because, you know, I moved to the U.S. when I was seven years old. I became a U.S. citizen when I was 16. And throughout this whole time, I've been visiting as much as I could back and forth to my brother and my best friends in Nicaragua, like Minsi, you know. And so mm-hmm. I, you, I'm very close to that portion, these people in my life. And this whole situation has affected me in ways that I never thought I could ever be challenged before, you know, now more than, you know, I feel like now more than ever, I'm going through perhaps one of the most difficult moments of my entire life. And, you know, and, 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 and difficult in my, in, in ways that feel so much less inferior than what you guys are going through. My difficulty, my struggles mean nothing compared to what you guys are going through. And yet it's affected me so much. And so, you know, let's talk about this. You know, what the fuck is going on in Nicaragua, guys? All right. So let's give a little bit more context on what actually, on, on the, you know, a little bit of more background on the government and the Neo Ortega's regime, right? Yeah. So, all right. So I'm going to delve a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm going to turn back the clock maybe about 40 years ago a bit. So those of you who are not aware, we basically had a military dictatorship. Uh, throughout most of the 19th of the 20th century, I'm, I'm sorry, by this guy uh, last name Somoza, right? So he died, and then his son took over, and F- it was FDR, just a by the way. FDR, Franklin Delano mm-hmm. Roosevelt, called um, Somoza. He, he once said about Somoza, "Somoza is a son of a bitch, but he's our son but of a bitch. He's our son of a bitch, yep. exactly." So it was a military dictatorship set, in, set up by the U.S. government, and. Well, it's the reason why they do it. It's a whole lot, and uh, that's a whole nother episode. But um, basically, uh, this you know, Nicaraguan people got fed up with it, and they were like, you know, fuck this shit. We're gonna arm ourselves, and we're gonna overthrow this motherfucker. And they did back in the seventies and the seventy nine. So this is the whole Sandinista thing. It's a movement that came from the need to overthrow uh, Somoza. So in the eighties. There was no more Somoza. We had the Sandinista regime taking over. And this is where Daniel Ortega takes his first uh, turn, all right? The first time he becomes president. It was in this period. And then a civil war ensued, you know, and that's 
that was pretty much financed by Ronald Reagan, who financed um, the Contras contra Guerrero. Yep. And, and by the uh, way, Oliver North, the guy mm-hmm. that did all the dirty work for Reagan, is now the head mm-hmm. of the NRA in the U.S. nowadays. He used to be. He used mm-hmm. to be. Uh, he was sort of playing this semi-exile, you know, uh, up until the Trump era, and and, and mm-hmm. now he's not scared to show his face because you know people in the U.S. don't like the fact that uh, that Oliver North was. And, and Reagan were funding the, the Contras underneath, under the table, you know. People in the U.S. were like, what the fuck? That's what you're using our, our tax dollars for? Like, like starting, you know, yeah. these, these proxy wars in, in, in mm-hmm. Central American countries? So please continue. Sorry for interrupting. No, that's fine. So the Contra war and, uh, you know, a lot of more than 40,000 Nicaraguans died. And I'm not going to say from both sides because we're basically one, one side. The Contras were Nikas, and then the soldiers were also Nikas. The difference is one side was fighting for the U.S. to overthrow a leftist regime, which was supported by Castro and the Soviet Union. All right? So that's what happened. And then by the 90s, so they, we go into the first, like, elections when you have an opposition and nobody wanted to go back into a civil war era. A lot of people were scared. A lot of people ended up with, like, this shock left behind by the Civil War and all the atrocities committed during the time uh, that, the Sandinista, that the Sandinistas had power in the 80s. So during the 90s and then and the, the 2000s, you would say, yeah, the Sandinistas were not in power, but here in Nicaragua we said, mandaban de abajo, which would be translated as they had power and they did their things from under the table. And they always uh, manipulated stuff politically to affect whoever was in power to diminish their power and also they they themselves get some some sort of upper hand politically speaking and it all came to an end in 2006 with the last official what i consider official elections and in which they manipulated the whole thing they divided the opposition and they won so this is one with a 38% that's a pretty small number if you ask me but then the opposition was divided. If the opposition was combined, then we would have won with 60-something percent. But they, it was divided into 30-something and 30-something versus 38 of the Sandinistas, and that's how they won. And uh, and then he hasn't let go of power now. So uh, throughout all these years, he's been pushing you know, small changes, small changes to the Constitution that they were obviously not, not legal and not, you know, you're... You're not supposed to do that as a head of state. And then he, as Chris was saying before, he was chipping behind all the democracy and um, and all the checks and balances were just starting to crumble away. And then he he got so far as, uh, you know, selling land to a Chinese dude for supposedly interoceanic canal that was supposed to happen. That happened like in 2012, 2013. I don't, I don't remember. Junior, do you remember more or less when was the canal thing going on? Looks like we lost them. Junior, there. Uh huh. He's probably busy with the kids or something. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, basically, um, you still there, Junior? I am. I am. Sorry, is I'm running a report in my computer and I and that got. Uh-huh. My Skype stock. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. you, know, you guys, 
Um, I think so, Mincy. I think twenty twenty. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. Also, because you know they never they never give out you know actual the actual date the release date for that. You know, one one side was saying there was going to be this day, the other side was saying it's going to be the other day. So we never had a certain day when that's going to supposed to start. So I'm not sure as well. Mm-hmm. Just like you. Mm-hmm. What ended up happening was that a lot of uh, part of the where the the road the route that the canal was going to take through the country, all right, it was in the middle of a lot of land owned by people and farmers. They're like, why would you take our land away just for a fucking canal? And it started a movement, right? Do you mind muting your microphone really quick? Sorry. I am. uh, Yeah, I know. It's just my computer got stuck. I'm working on it. So just bear with me, guys. Sorry about that. Yeah. yeah, I know the kids, you know, they're loud. Uh, <laughs> no, it's their uh, kids. That's totally okay. You know, they got to do what they got to yeah. do. Um, yeah. They wouldn't be loud, and I'll be worried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So that's, computer. Um, computer. So a lot of oh, people, people were starting getting, they, they, was, they started getting, like, you know, fed up little by little throughout the years. And then it all started, it, it all, I'm sorry, it all erupted this year, back in April with uh, what Chris uh, discussed, and he described pretty well about the social security reforms that he was planning on doing. That was just the, you know, that's just what set it all off. But it's a, it's a lot of things, all right? It was just the little, well, what's the... The English equivalent, maybe Chris, you can help me. La gota que ramó la copa. Uh, the last, uh, the last drop, I would say, was just the 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 the, yeah. the, the droplet that spilled the last, you mm-hmm. know, the last droplet of of whatever uh, that spilled right. the cup. <laughs> I know exactly what you're trying yeah. to say, and I can see it, and mm-hmm. I can translate it from English to Spanish in my head, but I can't. For some reason, it's not coming out of my mouth. But I know exactly what you mean, and it has to do with yeah. you know, the last. Straw. The last straw was the last straw. Was the social yeah. thing? Yeah. Exactly. And now it's well, the way he described it, the way Chris described it as a failed state. That's pretty much what it is. And um, it it's uh, it's crazy, man. It's fucking crazy. We have a de facto martial law where if you go out after six, right now it's seven. 12 p.m. Nicaraguan time. If, if I go out right now, I'm not sure if I'm coming back. That's the situation. That's how we are right now. How, what, actually, what percentage, yeah. what percentage, and this is a weird question, I think, um, but like, mm-hmm. how sure, in what percentage, like, are you 80% sure that you're not, you know, you might come back? Are you 90% sure? Are you 100% sure that it, that you might not come back? Like, what does it feel like to you? I would, I would describe it as a 75%. That's too yeah. fucking high. 70. That should it be is. normal. <laughs> it's not. And, uh, you know, it's, it's fucking weird because a couple of months ago, before all of this started, um, I used to go out, you know, after, you know, after dark quite a lot because I don't like cooking dinner. <laughs> so I usually buy food. And I was just like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to go ahead and get some carne asada or some burgers or some burritos or whatever shit, right? But then now I'm forced to cook my own meals. 
<laughs> all three times because I'm not sure what happens if I go out after a certain time of the day. And um, that's the situation in Managua. In other cities, all the, like, the situation is very, very similar, and there's tension in many cities. But Managua, but however, there are cities like, like I'm going to put in this example, Masaya. We're talking about the smallest uh, city in the whole country. And uh, everybody, the, they, they rose against Ortega since day one. And it's gotten to a point, listen to this, this is crazy. I just read it today. It's gotten to a point where they declare themselves free. Why, why and how? Well, the police have been brutalizing us Nicaraguan since it all started. Well, Masayas, they were able to entrench the police into their headquarters. So the police are entrenched, and uh, they're running out of food, and they're running out of ammo, while the Masayas have barricaded all the streets from the city just to avoid the police going out in their, in their trucks and motorcycles and stuff, right? And now Masaya governs itself pretty much. The people actually run the town. Yeah, they might be running low on supplies as well, you know, that they got to eat and stuff. But it, it is now the safest city because it has no cops roaming around. You see the situation? That's insane, dude. That It's like, that in, is. In, you know, to paint a picture what this actually looked like, you know, what we're describing here is barricades, you know, four, four mm. feet, three feet, up, up to six foot tall barricades blocking roads everywhere you go mm. in Managua and all over the cities in that, that, that shroud uh, Nicaragua. Like there is people have decided that their form of civil disobedience is going to be mm -hmm. through protesting by putting up barricades that block roads. And so, right. and so the government hates that shit, you know, they, and, 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 and they've responded with savagery because, you know, I never thought I would ever say, holy shit, there's death squads roaming around Nicaragua. There's literal mm -hmm. death squads in riding around in Hilux pickup, Toyota pickup trucks, and they right. roll deep with guns and mortars and all sorts of, you know, weaponry, and they just snatch you. Or shoot you, you know, if and you might not be doing anything. You just might just be walking down mm -hmm. the road to buy bread or something, you know, and you just might get caught yep. up. In this, yep. Yeah. Yep. And they grab you and they, they people are disappearing. They're disappearing people. Um, they're and so and and and, and so it's it's even hard to describe, man, because you know unless you're there. Unless you're physically there, you know, you can't really put into words what people over there are going through. And this is why I, I was thinking about like, man, fuck, maybe maybe I can bring people closer to what's going on and, and it, through virtual reality. You know, maybe maybe, oh, yeah. maybe there's a way to bridge, make a bridge to to this humanitarian crisis that is going on. Mm -hmm. Um, and just please, God, let not this become another Syria. Like this would be fucking terrible. And you know, and and this is the problem, though, that geopolitically, I see this as exactly going in that. Well, I don't think it's it's likely. It might be likely to go in that direction, mm -hmm. just because you have um, to you have someone like 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 Putin, the Russian president, backing Ortega. Mm -hmm. 
Um, right. And, and, and so, and so he, and so, and he's not, and, and so what, and so what Ortega sees is that he's got the support of the, of, of Putin. Why the fuck should he leave? You know? And, and the, and, and the population in Nicaragua is so fed up with the violence and the repression and the death squads that this is not gonna, you know, stop. It's only gonna keep escalating. And so, yeah. and, and so, and, and what's most disheartening is that they're having these talks with the church, mm-hmm. with the people who are the business sector and the government there and, the, and even students, they're having these talks, but they're not going anywhere. You know, the government is just buying time. You know, I don't know what they're buying time for because they're, you know, like people aren't going to forget. People aren't just going to forget what's going on, you know, like, you know, like just out of nowhere. You know, this stuff is this stuff is uh, insane. It is. Um, people say, well, when it all started, right, we got messages and we got support from um, people in Venezuela, as you may all know. Uh, Venezuela started a protest similar to this one a couple of years ago. They're still fighting Maduro's regime. All right. So Venezuelans told us, do not believe in the talks. They're just uh, abiding their time to keep on doing what they do best, which is kill and uh, rule with an iron fist. And, uh, you know, at the beginning, it was just like, man, there's no way we can arm ourselves. You know, the talks and the dialogue is the best option that we have. But... It appears that they were correct. Shit. <laughs> the talks are going nowhere, and they are, in fact, just gaining time and just, I don't know, maybe waiting for people to just let it let it go, which is not going to happen, like you said. But, yeah, they did. I remember that message coming from Venezuela back in April. And it was just, they told, I mean, they were like, all right, Nicaragua, now you're in the fight so just like us. We suggest that you do this and that and don't believe in talks because this guy is just like Maduro. He's dirty. He doesn't believe in talks. You don't negotiate with the killer, and which is actually correct. You don't, you don't do that, right? You don't negotiate with terrorists. And um, it escalated into that. So how bad is it right now? I'm going to tell you how bad it is. So there's a, a city near Masaya, which is called Nindiri. So this city also put up a good resistance against the police and the paramilitary thugs. They put barricades as well, and they managed to defend themselves pretty, pretty well so far. This is a strategic, a strategic point if you want to take over Masaya. Why? Remember, the police in Masaya are entrenched. So if they want to win, they need to take police from other cities into Masaya to kill the population. To, to get into Masaya, you have to go through Nindiri. So they took over Nindiri about, oh, what one? Yeah, that was yesterday, yesterday in the morning. And uh, they attacked, and uh, what happened was that they were going house by house, all right, uh, barging in, guns in hand, and then they were just kidnapping. They were kidnapping um, the young young population. So if they come in right now young and they men. see me, because they, yeah, young men mostly. Not women, just young men, and they're they're being picked up in those Hilux death death trucks. We call them now, right? And uh, there were 17 people kidnapped yesterday. Uh, there are videos where you can see sharpshooters, snipers, and also people with shotguns. There are pictures of people who have been uh, wounded by this shot shotguns uh, sharp now, and 
It's just, it was disastrous. So they took over Nindiri, and that's how bad it is. They go house by house, just kicking in, abducting the young men, and going now at gunpoint. And then, of course, it all, the peak, the peak of all this violence, as we all here in Nicaragua are aware of, is what happened on Saturday. Um, Saturday in the morning, and it was just, it's probably the biggest tragedy, I think, and it's probably the biggest atrocity that they've committed recently. So what happened is, Saturday at 10 a.m., the talks, the dialogue was supposed to continue. But earlier, around 6 a.m. to 8 a.m., uh, there was this uh, three-story house, and uh, the, paramilitaries, the paramilitaries and the police, they showed up, knocking on the door, asking them, uh, the family at the house, to let them set up snipers in the third floor because they were going to snipe people in front of the house. The family obviously said, no, you can't, we, we can't let you do that because we have kids. We can't let any guns in this house because we have kids. We're talking about toddlers here, right? And uh, what they did was just set it on fire. They, the police with the thugs, they grabbed Molotov cocktails, they grabbed a mortar, and they fired it inside. Now, this house was also a mattress store. They did mattresses from foam, which is highly flammable. Yeah. And it, they shot it inside. It busted one. Uh, it busted a car in the garage. The car went boom, and then the fire spread rather quickly through the house. They were not let out of the house because they were the paramilitaries and the police were waiting outside. Anybody who got out would be shot to death, including the kids. And they died. We're talking about a family, an innocent family, including a five, I'm sorry, a two and a half year old little girl and a five month old baby. And then four adults. They died. The only survivors, it was a guy and a, and a young woman. They survived because they jumped from the balcony. And then if you see the videos and the pictures, just probably the worst thing that you could probably watch um it's probably the you know one of the worst things that i've seen in my life that happened here in nicaragua it was disastrous there, there are no words to describe it there's a video where there's a uh one of the neighbors they, she Recording. she's crying she's crying and she's saying i'm sorry can do anything because they have guns and they don't let us help and on the video, as the house is being burned out, you can listen to the screams of the little boy and the little girl. And it's just, there are no words, man. I don't know. You can't, you can't even compare it with, uh, with that. Because the only thing that I thought was that Game of Thrones scene where they burned a little girl. Mm-hmm. You cannot even compare it to that, man. Because this is real. And it's it's just traumatizing, and uh, that's one that's one shocking video to look at, man. And you don't obviously you don't look at you can't see the being, them being burned, but just by hearing them is that's crazy enough. That's I believe that's what I believe the peak of the violence because they are like in a in a contest. They they see who commits the worst crime among themselves. It's fucking crazy. 
they they shot a 15 year old in a specific protest with a sniper into the in the throat. A peaceful protester mm-hmm. at the um, at the Mother's Day march. Right. right. Yes. He was shot, and then when they took the that little boy to a hospital, a public hospital, they he was denied attention because he yeah, wasn't. But- yeah the the 15 year old uh kid wasn't uh he he did he wasn't killed on mother's day that was back when everything initiated okay on oh, no. april the, the, yeah there was a yeah. there was a 15 year old killed in the mother's day as well oh okay okay what, yeah, what are you I talking about what were you talking about alvaro conrado or no, were you talking, talking about, about someone junior else? He's talking, oh, his name is junior. junior guy yeah. yeah yeah he was killed in mother's day he in of course, Albert, there's also Alberto Conrado. That's the first kid that got killed the part in the protest. Okay. Yeah, that that was not Mother's Day. He's right. That was at the beginning. That was the first 15-year-old boy they shot. And then you you just kept thinking, this can't get any worse. And then you see in Masaya, there was another 15-year-old boy who was dragged down into his knees, beat down. And he, he literally said, dude, I got nothing. Please don't shoot me. Bam point blank by a police, a female police, whose face is circling around the red, the, the, the network, right, the, the social networks, because she cold-heartedly just executed a 15-year-old boy. Yeah, I never and, thought uh, this would be Nicaragua. Yeah, man, fucking crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This has been, so far, this has been the realest podcast I've ever done. Like this is like um, this is realer than real life, you know. I, this is the. It's funny because I do a podcast about virtual reality, you know, fake reality, and this is like the uh-huh. realest it's ever gotten for me here. Like just talking about life or death shit. Because Mincy, you've you were at the Mother's Day protest, and I think you mm-hmm. mentioned that you dodged some bullets there, like live ammo. Yeah, I was at the Mother's Day protest. So a little bit of a context. Nicaraguan Mother's Day, it's on the on May the 30th, unlike um, in the U.S. and other parts of the world, right? So a protest, a Pacific protest was called in to, in honor of those mothers who's, you know, who have lost their kids and their sons during April and May. So they called it La Marcha de las Madres de Abril, which is April Mother's March or Pacific protest. And uh, if you've seen the footage, there are there, there's a... There's a lot of footage from drones. Mm-hmm. Is just is probably the biggest protest we have ever held. Everyone, man, everyone was in there. It was beautiful. It was going so far so good. And then when we were getting to the to the final part of the protest, that would be located where we have a new baseball stadium that was uh, inaugurated last year. And then. I was just marching down with my girlfriend, right? And we were walking, and we we're enjoying the thing. Everyone's just calm, nothing. There were no crimes. There were, no one got stabbed. No one got, even got pickpocketed among million people. You know, there were, I think we were more than a million Nicaraguans marching down there. And then I see like a, a, a sea of people, you know, coming back, like running towards us instead of going forward. And I get into fl- fight or flight, all right? And I'm like, holy shit, what's going on? And everybody was just screaming, they're attacking, they're attacking, they're here. And the thugs are here and the police are here. And I'm like, no fucking way. I mean, they're not going to attack a peaceful protest where there are more than a million people. On Mother's Day. fucking crazy. On Mother's Day, right? They're not, yeah. gonna, they're not that cynical. Oh, boy, was I wrong? Because they did. Yes. 
Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. So they did, and then I just had to run, man. I just had to run, and then I ke- I kept seeing this this image. I will never get out of my head because as I was running away from bullets, there were young men, probably younger than I am, with uh, with mortars in hand, running the other way, ready to defend us, ready to fight the thugs and the police back, and they were just. There, man, and I was just, I was just, you know, dumbfounded. I was just like, "Whoa, what the hell? What, what are they doing?" And these but guys, they didn't they, care. These, these are homemade mortars that are made out of a cylinder tube that shoots fireworks mm-hmm. out. It's a fireworks sort of thing. So, so yeah. it's not a, so it's not super lethal. It can, I think, I can, it can kill, but it's not super lethal, and and it has a twenty meter range. So, so yeah. it's not very effective against real guns and and and, and AK-47s and sniper rifles. Yeah, it won't it won't exactly. harm you that much. So unless unless you're, you're you're like you know, kind of in front of the guy, but if you're far away, it won't it won't do that much of harm. Mm-hmm. If it's anything, it might stun you because of the loud bang. You're right. Yes, yeah. but it. And it might kill you if it in the head or run like a really close range. But that's the only thing they have, man. That and stones and slingshots. That's the only thing these guys are counting on. Versus AK-47s, Dragunov SPD snipers, 12-gauge shotguns, you know, assault rifles like the Galil. And I, there are pictures of a guy holding a, an M16 assault rifle, which is, you know, a standard military issue. Why? But that doesn't make any fucking sense. How can you fight? How can you fight stones with guns? That just makes you a coward. That's what they are. But that happened on Mother's Day. There were 18 people killed that day, and uh, including the 15-year-old boy that I mentioned earlier, and many others who were shot in the head by sharpshooters. Those were not. Those were not thugs. There were not armed thugs that's not just a gang member who they said i'm gonna pay you whatever amount just kill them whatever no they're that, those were highly trained gunshots yeah military. and uh, you it's see the trained military men shot those people right, with sniper rifles and the thing about the government is what they do is they pay uh thugs and gangsters street street criminals <laughs> you know regular street criminals they pay them money to jump on the hilux pickup truck grab a mortar mm-hmm. and go fuck shit up and and go harass people and 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 these aren't police you know this is and this is this is tax money that you guys are paying to have right. you know death squads roaming around that's the fucked up thing that just the, i can't the, believe the, 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 there's also too, so many theories about what the government is actually doing because you know you know that's true i agree also with the fact that government is playing fox you know so they can go around with ak-47s you know around the block and keep shooting people at but also the way the people are dying or the way you know the shots are being given you know headshots you know sh- you know shoots and you know um bullets you know you get bullets straight to the heart you know People are saying this is actually the military, you know, just, you know, going civilian way, you know. So um, 
and 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 the government and I think the military have been has been stating that they're not yet into the situation somehow I don't know why but I but I'm the one I'm one of the ones that I do do believe the government the, the military it's already on the streets but uh you know they they go to the civilian right they 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 se mezclan entre la gente so yeah, so yeah I think it's another not, tragedy the government is placing around so and they're, they're fooling they're not us they're not gonna go ahead and wear their camos on, you know, on broad daylight. So they mm-hmm. they go by civilian street. They they wear mm-hmm. balaclavas. Nobody can see their faces, and they're just fucking shit up with AKs and all their high caliber guns. And that's just dirty, man. That's fucking dirty. These are the, the, these are trained. These are definitely trained people, and and no thought will will you know will give you a, a precise headshot. You know, at first instance, uh, these are really trained people. So I do believe these are military guys. You know, on the streets already. Um, so I, it's another strategy that the government is playing. It's another card. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, it's it's crazy, and and the fact that they disappeared someone by the house by where you live, Junior. Uh, they, yeah. I saw the video that you shared where, like, you know, these two and guys were just, ro- just riding on their motorcycle. Yep. And out of yep. nowhere. These paramilitaries show up and yeah. just jump them and throw them in the back of a truck, take their motorcycle and just disappear them like nowhere, like out of nowhere. It's oh, crazy. Okay. And breaking news, breaking news. I uh, just saw a video from a guy, uh, you know, around that block, right? Um, the owner of the house recorded, uh, you know, had the camera, you know, recording over and over again. Just an hour or so ago, uh, this one of the thugs, you know, went again to the house and start hitting on the camera just now you know try to oh, get rid oh. of evidence yes just this happened just like an hour or so ago and Shit. the video the video is online i think i even shared on my on my on my wall so you guys you guys can see it there uh this guy came over you know his his face was covered up and he was hitting on the camera just thinking probably that, you know, they might hit the place around or try to get rid of evidence. But, you know, that shit is already on Facebook. That shit is already online. So no way you can get rid of that. But um, but you guys take a look. Take a look at my wall. You know, they, they, they try to get rid of evidence somehow. But, um, but yeah, you know, it's it's really unsafe everywhere you go in Manawa. And not, in, not only in Manawa, it's anywhere in the country so far. Yeah, and, and it's absolutely. true what Mincy's saying. Um, I never thought two months, three months ago that... You know, I, I wouldn't be able to go out of the streets at, you know, at 7 p.m. Like, at this time, I would be talking to Natalia. If I were at home with money, I would go with Natalia around or go buy some pizza or probably we could go, I don't know, where whatever the fuck we want. But now we, we can't. We're just not safe, you know, going out of the streets because, you know, we might find, we might, you know, find out that around the block there's a Hilux that you know could start shooting at us or you know you know just because just out of the blue so that's how how bad situation it's in Manawa i mean this is this is really not um i wish i could i wish i, I could be lie, I, 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 I lie to you guys but it's not a lie it's really happening and 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 and, I, and, and i'm and i'm going to be honest right now i was i was blind i was blind this whole time because i was just like Chris started uh, the, the the whole you know you know subject about the government, 
people were thinking we were uh, in some kind of a gold era, you know, where Manawa was having a, a good economy. Uh, we were having good relationships uh, with the uh, private companies and all that. I was one of the one of the people there that was thinking, okay, we're having a good time here. Um, um, the government is doing, you know, uh, his good things. Um, they could probably be stealing some money somehow, but they're doing their they're they're doing good. But how how uh, mistaken I was, uh, you know, I was so blind. I was so blind. I even voted for this guy to be to be honest with you guys, because I was like, you know, uh, como decimos, we, there's a there's a popular you know say here in Nicaragua, de los males los peores. ¿verdad? <laughs> and and that so mean? that means that, you know, there was, I mean, I, I remember back in the elections in 2017 or 2016, Mincy? 16. 16. Um, yeah. There was, there was no um, options around when the elections happened, you know, it was Ortegas and the opposition, you know, there was nothing for you to choose. I mean, the other people were yeah. unexperienced. There was new, there were new guys that you were, you have never seen their faces before. Um, they were actually Ortegas lackeys. Yeah. 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 And so, and so, yeah, you're right. So we were. I I I applied to say de los males lo peores. So I went with Ortegas, uh, and and then how bad I was, how bad I was, because I never thought you know this shit could have end up like this. You know, even I even feel guilty because because of my vote and because of my ignorance, I'm exposing now my kids to the insecurity that we're facing right now. Uh, I, I, back on Saturday morning, um, I woke up because I, I woke up early in the morning around five or well, five thirty or six a.m. I don't remember exactly the time, but I, I woke up at that time because I, I had some, you know, you know, pending stuff to do from work. And the first thing I saw when I opened my Facebook was this uh, lady's live streaming the, you know, the, the the fire that was happening, and this uh, three. Uh, uh, floor house and and I actually saw the moment they were taking out the kids from that house I started crying like you know like a, I, 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 I recall crying like an hour or so uh, because I, all I was thinking is like those kids those could have been my kids what would happen if tomorrow these guys will come over to my house and say, I need your house because I want to, I just need a good position so I can, you know, hit this other guys around. If I say no, if I refuse, then what, am I going to get myself killed and my house, is my house going to get burned up with my kids inside? That That's how insecure I feel, man, Nicaragua. We don't trust the cops anymore. Even if something, even if something uh, not, not related to the situation happens, I'm sure you're not gonna go to the police station anymore, isn't it, Mincy? You're not gonna go because the cops. You don't trust the mm -hmm. cops anymore. <laughs> oh no, hell no! I mean, hell. it's become it's become no man's land because yeah. exactly since no one trusts the cops, then other guys, other thugs and criminals and you know delinquents who probably wouldn't be doing anything if things were back to normal quote-unquote normal um mm. they wouldn't be fucking shit up but now we have kidnappings not only done by death squad death squads pro-government but also there are there have been reports where um people just randomly lose mm. their babies because someone just snatched them away from their hands 
you know, kidnappings like that have been going on. Also, robberies have, you know, they have spiked. You can't, you're not even safe at a bus stop at 10 a.m. in the morning. It's not safe. You might get robbed at any moment or a death, death squad might pass doing a drive-by shooting and then that's it. Bye-bye for you. So that's, that's the situation right now. And um, obviously nobody trusts the cops and so nobody's, nobody's uh, reporting anything to the cops. That means violence and, you know, uh, other ki- kinds of uh, cr- crimes are being, are being done right and left. And we just have to be careful because there's nothing else you can do. Yeah. One more thing I would like to, to inform all right, and rem- remind people of is that this is a civil protest. We're still in civil disobedience resisting the government. This yeah. means that we are not armed. This means this is very different from the Sandinista revolution in the 70s, which was an armed uprising against the Somoza dictatorship. This is only the people fighting pacifically and civically against an unwanted government. The only thing that we do is go out with the streets with our flags in hand and just chant all the things that we are, we are accustomed to, which is que se vayan, which means let them go, and among other, other things. That's it. And then we're being suppressed with bullets. It's not like we are, you know, doing an armed insurrection where you would think, oh, fuck, well, if you're killing people, then they're gonna, you're going to get killed. Because that's not what we're doing. We don't have guns. And, and that's, that's the thing. And another, right there. and and another, another way, you know. And I just want to pick it up from one of the things Chris says about building up the barricades. Uh, mm-hmm. People, people are no longer, you know, putting the barricades up just to show disobedience against the government. Not at all. They're also doing it because they want to find some way to this, defend themselves from the Hilux or you know the transportation the government is using to get into the cities. They want to, you know, block the entrances somehow, so then they don't go in the city and, you know, keep attacking the people. So it's not longer to show them that, okay, we're here, we're pro- protesting. It's because they're also building it up because they don't want the police to get into the neighbors to start shooting at, you know, with the trucks, start shooting at the houses. So I, another thing to add about how bad we are now. Man, that dog yeah, is really ahead. loud. <laughs> Shit, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. This is my, this is me right here. Oh, that's you. I'm trying to point it down. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on you. That dog a bone. Fuck. <laughs> I think she's in heat. There's a there's a dog going on in the street, and I think she's in heat. So. Oh, she's in yeah. heat. Yeah. Damn, a horny dog. Come on. I know, man. <laughs> she's looking for some bits. <laughs> Uh, in a bone (laughs) no it's true you gotta give that dog a bone man but yeah i you know i it's um yeah i never thought i could get this way i and 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 one of the things that i feel that's actually that's been part of my struggle watching you guys fight for survival every day you know like every day you're living day by day like i don't think you guys are planning too much ahead you know and and that's the sad thing that you know you're cut off from the future because you only can think about holy shit you know am i gonna be next 
And so it fucking sucks because I, I'm here and I'm very cognizant and I'm very aware of all the pain that you and suffering that you, my friends and family, are going through over there. Half, half, my, half my family is in Nicaragua. My mother's side of the family is in Nicaragua and the, my dad's side is in the U.S. And so it's, 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 it hits me hard to think about like, you know, the guilt that I get from, well, should I be thinking about virtual reality? Is this really what I should be thinking about? What the fuck? And so I have to convince myself that because this is the career path that is most likely to help me achieve value in the world, I, I, I continue doing what I do. But fuck, it's hard, man. It's hard because I, I know. It, I don't want to see you guys suffering. I don't want to see you guys in pain. And, and in the back of my head, all I keep thinking about is like, fuck, I need to make sure I have enough money saved up just in case, you know, my family needs to leave the country and move to Costa Rica or move to Panama. You know, like I have to make sure I, I, I have that emergency fund. And, and, and you know, living in the Bay Area... It's not cheap, you know, it's, it, and, and so it's like, it's, so it's that pain of like, fuck, I got to make sure I have money and, and, and fuck, I got to make sure I'm ready for whatever happens and fuck, I hope nothing happens, you know, it's, it sucks, <laughs> it fucking sucks. Yeah, man, I get it. It's okay, though, I mean. And well, Junior, by the way, the sorry, Mitzi, and sorry, Mitzi, no, 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 go ahead. Uh, junior, don't go beat ahead. yourself up Yo. about voting for the guy too hard. Don't beat yourself up because okay. propaganda is so powerful. I remember growing up, the Sandinista propaganda was in full motion. Canal 4, I remember watching Channel 4. And these guys would put on yeah. these music videos and all this propaganda. <laughs> and I would be like, holy shit, man, I'm riled up. I'd vote for that guy, you know, and, 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 and it's... And it's so easy to, you know, pe people are so impressionable when they're vulnerable. You know, when you're vulnerable, right. when you're poor and you have nothing going on and the world feels hopeless, here you come as the, your savior and, and now you and, 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 and they'll do anything for you, you know. And so this is the thing that I see Nicaragua being stuck in. It's in this place where you, the, 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 popular the popular rebellion, the popular peaceful rebellion is up against... A, a a set of people that is benefit benefiting or thinks that they're benefiting greatly from the current regime, and it, and and so they're willing to fight to the death almost to continue, you know, their their current privilege to continue the privilege to continue the rule, and and that and right. so I don't know, man. I see things. Uh, I I'm hoping here that cooler heads prevail. That. Uh, mm -hmm. That, that Ortega realizes that, holy shit, you know, the international community and everywhere, everywhere else in the world, I'm a pariah. I need to change my ways. And, or, or otherwise, my children and my family members won't be able to travel to the U.S. and won't have access to U.S. banking. You know, shit like that mm -hmm. should hit him hard, you know. And, and hopefully we'll make him realize that there's a, there's a way out. And the only way out is for him to end up in jail along with all the people that, you know, they need to be like, there needs to be a proper process, a proper system of justice, a due process involved where the people have proof and there's trials and there's like, you know, a real process to put these people behind, you know, behind bars and, and, and to have justice be done. Yeah, I mean, the, I can, on the Nurban trials come to mind and that's that's because um, that would be because we're basically facing a genocide 
All right. And uh, I don't know what's happening, but there are, uh, as far as I know, and people have been informed, uh, what's this guy from Foreign Affairs in the U.S.? McCary or something? But, um, so he right. sent a delegate. Uh-huh. He sent a delegate, and they did negotiate something with Ortega. Apparently, what they did, what they did um, negotiate was his, I can't. Yo, his yo, destitution. Yo, yo, breaking news, breaking news again. I, 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 can't, I can hear gunshots right now. <laughs> I can hear gunshots oh, right now. Yeah, it's happening again. I'm serious, man, yeah. Is it I like a string? Is, I, I think this is happening uh, two blocks away from here. Are you serious? No, sure. I am serious, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious, yeah. Natalia just told me this. But... What the fuck? Yeah, bro. Yeah, this is this is this is exa- what exactly is happening. You know, um, you know, more daytime tends to be a little bit, you know, calm, a little bit calm. Yeah. But then when nighttime comes, this this people just you know start doing their own shit. You know, they go neighbor by neighbor. You know, you know, putting people scared. You know, shooting at whatever they see around. And this is this is this is at the current state we are. This is this is how bad Nicaragua is at right now. And they're marking people's houses. They're they mark they're, people's houses with yeah. uh, yes. with like they say because that's what they did to you, Minty. They, they marked they, your they house. Mark, they, they mark Minty's apartment. Yeah, they mark Minty's apartment. And I, and I think Minty, you you did something about that, right? You took it out, right? Minty. I did actually, yeah, because I did find a really weird mark. I'm sorry, that's the dog again. Fucking that cheap man. Let go of your dog, man. Let it, let it have some happiness. <laughs> You're not gonna pay for the abortion. Can't, we can't, we can't let her bring kids in this ruined country. We need to build a better Nicaragua first. <laughs> that. Yes, the, that oh, that's the perfect way of putting it. There you go. You want let's it? Give her some, let's give her some pills. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we need pills for her, and then she can fuck up as many dots as she wants. Contraception. Give that so, yeah. dog some contraception. There you go. There you go, man. Dog this uh, suddenly turned into a, uh, into a sex talk, into a, um, a doggo sex ed talk or something. <laughs> so... But Mincy, tell so, me about yeah. what happened. They marked your house because they thought that you're anti-government. Yeah, because there were reports in some houses were being marked with uh, with blue. You would see just uh, blue paint, like someone just grab a, a brush and then just just did a blue strike on the on the outer wall of the houses, right? I saw those reports, those uh, reports in the social networks, and Twitter and Facebook are my go-to to keep myself informed. Um, so, but I was thinking, you know, there are also fake news going about, so I'm not going to believe everything that I see, unless it's hard evidence, right? But then, um, I go out, I go, uh, it was like 10 in the morning or something. I went out to buy something at the local store, and when I came back, I noticed that there were some blue, you know, strikes in the outer wall, and I was just like, hmm, yeah, I don't like that shit. (laughs) Oh, no. And then, of course, I've, I've I've been a very strong opposition against the government and uh, everything they they do. I've been, I mean, I wasn't on the day one strikes, but I have been on major, on the major Pacific protests where you see like a million people. I I was on the first major uh, march that was that happened on April twenty third. 
I was on Mother's Day in March, and I've seen some Chayopalos. We're going to talk Chayopalos in a few minutes. I've seen them fall down. It's one of the new, most beautiful things. And then I suddenly see this blue mark on my house, and it's like, fuck, man, they can't, you can't be fucking serious. So luckily, I do have some zener, right? And just, you know, take that shit out. Yeah, yeah I don't want my, my house to be marked. Now every day, what I do is just walk, do a small walk around whenever I have time, whenever I see that the streets are more or less calm, just to make sure that there are no more marks. And so far, I have seen no more marks. But yeah, that was some scary shit right there, man. Living with that paranoia, man, I can't even fucking imagine what that what that must be like to like worry every other second about people coming after you because of what you believe, because you believe in wanting freedom. To just, you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's crazy. That's crazy to me. Yeah. And it's like yep. and you're living it, you know, and I'm having a conversation and we're like and you're a real human being you know suffering and going through this and and this is the, th the thing that like the media doesn't show is that like you're real people you know with hopes and dreams and blood and flesh and all that shit you know and you're like and 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 the war and the worrisome thing about it is that in, in the international media like all you see is the death toll the The, the death and, yeah. the, and the and the and the and the the death rates and the big news, but you don't see the the lives of the people that it's currently affecting. Like, holy shit! I can't believe there's gunshots right now two blocks away from Junior's house. You know, there's yeah. that's not right. That's not right at all. Because that never used yeah. to happen. That that's in the 30 years that I've been alive, Nicaragua has been peaceful, one of the most peaceful countries. You know, in the whole of American continent, and yeah, like it's nuts to see it sort of devolve so quickly. Because all of this in the past two months, you know, almost two months, it's like a hundred and it's it's been sixty-seven days or sixty fifty-eight fifty-nine days or something like that, and more than a hundred. No, wait, two months. Sixty, sixty, fifty days, two months. Days. So two months. Okay, yeah. so at two months, more than a hundred and sixty people have died, probably more. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're in the two I guess. Yeah, two hundred and ten, something like that. We're I saw a statistic this uh, that said that they we're down to uh, uh, a dead person every eight hours because we're we're two hundred two hundred and something kill have and uh, in the span of sixty days, if you compare that. To Venezuela, they have killed less than a hundred in two years of protest, and we have two months, and we have doubled that. Almost uh, that's an interesting statistic, sir, because I heard, I, I, I saw a report that said that in Venezuela, more than eight thousand people have died from the protests. <clears throat> that's weird. Yeah. Maybe from like like protests since Chavez time, but. If we're talking about the most recent one that started two years ago. With Maduro. With Maduro, right? Then that's the number that I saw. Okay. And then you compare I it saw. to what we have right here. And yeah, I saw something similar to what Mince is saying, but perhaps it's just true. This is they're taking they're they're they're, they're start counting beginning Maduro's region, not not um not Chavez, so probably that's why It's kind of similar to what's happening to Nicaragua. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I um and and what do you think? 
what it will will it what will it take for things to go back to normal? What will it take for you to trust the police again? What would that what will it take? Wow, man, that's tough. That's a very good question. That's because a good because, question, you, because you have to start thinking about like you no know, a point where you reach that reality again and that's normal. Like, you know, that needs to yeah. become normal again some somehow. And so what yeah. will it take? So well first things is to to remove every head of the police that we currently have. Of course, we're talking about the removal of Ortega as well, but after that, we also need to get rid of every single um, sheriff, Sorry. every single warden I guess of every I, police I guess district. A, a good cleanup in the institution will work. Just get rid of whatever it's in there now. Take all these corrupt ones and, and, and just, you know, put put someone fresh, you know, new, I don't know. Even I, I'm even I'm even if 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 I like I'm even voting uh, to have Nicaragua to get rid of army as well, just like Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another that's another option we should fucking take, man. Really, um, I I can I can keep on having pain, you know, having my money, taking my money to go to an institution that I'm not using, like military. What for? I don't I don't I don't need those. Let's use it for, mm-hmm. for, for education. Let's use it for, you know, for other things, but not for army. I don't want another yeah. president. I don't want another president to come over and, you know, make changes to the constitution and then having have him being the, the you know, the absolute power of the cops and you know, the military. Fuck no. I don't want that to happen again. Right. And they've become an obsolete institution anyway, since the army should be overlooking for the population's safety, but they have stayed safe officially, they have stayed quiet, whereas we all know that under the table they're supplying death squads. So they are an obsolete institution by all means. What bother what what each what actually worries me is, is that if they officially intervene, it would be to do more repression. So what we what we've seen so far, uh, this is actually t- this happened today. I don't know if you saw this, Junior, but they found like in local barrios, like neighborhoods in Managua, they found AK-47s like, in the streets. So what what's what's going on? It, it's it's a way to provoke the population into getting them, so that they would be arming the population. All right. Like they very very discreetly through dropped quote unquote dropped guns, and then once we do an arm uprising, then they can officially unleash the army to squash us down, and they won't be using the infantry. They have tanks. Actually, they bought tanks from the Russians a couple of years ago, and that's my be my biggest worry that if the military intervenes, it would be. To, to do an either an even bigger suppression that we've we've been living so far, and they wanna they wanna they want us corner corner us. They want that to happen because why would they be dropping AK 47s in several neighborhoods? Luckily, people who have found them, they have returned them to the Red Cross. They have taken them, and they just take it to the Red Cross and say we don't need this because we have a civil protest going on. All right. But there's always the temptation of someone getting it and be like, fuck this. They killed the whole, they burned down a house with kids inside. We cannot let this go through. I'm going to arm myself. 
And if you do that, then you fall into their trap and it's just going to escalate into an even bigger issue than what we already have. Yeah. Fuck, dude. I don't, I don't even know what to say. Like, honestly, like it's so heavy. There's, this is so heavy. It's, it's hard to even like come up with something eloquent to say at this point. Cause, and so all I have is questions because you know, I'm trying to get somewhere here where where we reach a sensible conclusion. You know, one of the things that I hear people from the opposition, the the other side of the camp says, saying is that, well, you know, the Sandinistas are the only thing keeping the Maras, the MS-13, from going into Nicaragua and, you know, wrecking it. You know, so so it's better to have these, these it's better to have this version of the devil than the other version of the devil that might be worst. What do you guys think about that 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 sort of line of thinking? Are you still there? Um, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I just had my my mic muted. Well, that's actually an interesting um, topic to discuss. Well, uh, the way I've seen it is that yeah, they it's not like they control the matters, but. The way I see it is that the Maras were being territorial throughout this year in the sense that they, I don't think they, they found, they found ground to come over here in Nicaragua and wreck some shit. Also, uh, the police was very adamant to fight the Maras before, um, or at least that's what they made us believe. I don't know. We don't really know if they had a deal or not, but I don't think they were, they were that. You know, they were going to, like, expand in their whole territory into more Central American countries. We know they operate strongly in Salvador, Honduras, and in Guatemala. Um, what I do believe, what I am really worried is that once uh, Ortega goes out, because he will go out, we're going we're gonna to be left with a country, um, with a chaotic country. This is what's going to happen. Uh, crime rates will not go down automatically. Crime rates will be as high as we have them right now, if not higher, because, you know, people are going to be like, be, what they've been doing is if they get fucks and they pay them, they arm them. So they go into a, a gang and they'd be like, OK, I'm going to pay you so much. Just help us wreck some shit up. Here are your guns. When Ortega leaves, he's not taking the guns. The guns are staying with the gangs. So we're going to have a gun and the gang problem pretty soon when he goes out. Now, we have two possibilities. Listen to this. This might sound crazy. We have the possibility that these gangs defend the country because gangs tend to be territorial. From Maras, that sounds crazy, but it's possible. Or they can invite Maras, which would be the worst-case scenario. Yeah, I don't. So, I really don't. I really. I, I would never up for taking the Maras come into or any, you know... Uh, drug, you know, cartel come over to take over this government. Now, that, I don't think that's a good idea, to be honest. I think that's going to be, that's going to get things worse, to be honest. Um, one one thing that I that I did uh, that that I did that uh, thought this morning was about this this um Daniel Ortega's. I think he he was some kind of a he he's the the he's the reflection of what. Pablo Escobar wanted to be in Colombia. 
good when he ran ran for for you know for politician because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but he got it to a point because he's now the president and he's owning That's the you know, crazy. yeah because <laughs> you know uh, Escobar uh, he was a drug dealer right and then somehow he got uh, so um, obsessed with politics right to a point that he started killing politicians and all that. All with the sole purpose to get him to, you know, where to get him to be get the be the president of Colombia. He never got to that because, you know, of course, we all know how the the story ended up. But but um, but we also know, you know, there's you know the story that Ortega took, you know, he got some money from dark drug dealers. He's I, I I'm I'm one of the believers that he's a drug dealer also, um, but um, he's also the president of a country. <laughs> Running paramilitaries and uh, owning a police, owning a military as well. He is the he is the reflection of what Escobar wanted to be. Somehow I see Ortega's uh, admire, uh, you know, Escobar so bad that he became what this guy wanted to be when he was right. alive. That actually makes sense. If you, I don't know if you guys were aware of this, but back in 20, 2007, um. We found you. You know WikiLeaks, right? Yep. So mm-hmm. some cables were filled, were leaked from the U.S. embassy here in Nicaragua, and uh, you could look this up. Actually, it's on Google now, I believe. The cables. It all showed up that the money that the Sandinistas used to run campaign for the 2006 elections, it showed that it was money from drug deals. It was a it was a narco money thing. And that's what they used to fund it. Narco money was used by the Sandinistas even before he he gained power in 2006. There's absolutely no doubt that he kept contact with them during this 11 years of power. So, yeah, there's absolutely no doubt that he is a drug dealer, I would say. That's crazy. That's uh, yeah. That sounds like Netflix needs to get on that season seven of Narcos and Nicaragua. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what seems like it. You know, I was just saying, Netflix, you're sitting, you're, it's right there in front of you. The sto- it's and the story writes itself. You know, you don't have to do any writing. It's being done by itself. God, dude, this is nuts. But, this is crazy. And and yeah. so, what do you think? How long do you think it's going to take before things go back to normal? Do you have hope that things are going to go back to normal? Are you, are you having any optimism about the future at this point, or is that all optimism gone and out of the table? How do you feel? There are days where I feel like shit, <laughs> and I will wake up <laughs> and I'm like thinking, and I'm thinking, this is how we lie, man. This is how we're gonna die. Fuck this shit. There's nothing else that we can do about it, and. Uh, you know, fuck it. We've been killed by our own past mistakes as a society. But then there are other days that I wake up and then and I'm like, no, fuck this, man. We're going to get through this. Fuck this guy. We're going to get him out. And we will eventually have a democratic republic again. And that's what keeps me alive. I do believe that we will see him out. I do believe that it's going to end. How long is it going to take? That's a good question. Now, if what they say is true, and they, and he did negotiate his way out, he said, uh, according to what they say, he negotiated with the U.S. that there will be uh, elections uh, pretty soon, but he would need 
amnesty for him and his family alone. Everyone else in the in the party, in the political party, in the FSLN and Frente Sandinista thing, everyone else will get fucked. That's where we're going to see the Nuremberg Trials Nicaragua version. So, um, if what they say is true, then that would happen, I don't know, in three, four more months or so. Yeah, and then for things to go back to normal, we're going to have to wait for two, three years, maybe. But, yeah, he he would definitely, he's going to go out this year. He's very, he, I'm pretty... I'm pretty sure he's going to go out this year. Estas son patadas de ahogado, decimos en español. Patadas ahogado. So that's like a drowned man's kick. Mm. Yeah, it's just cornered. Mm. Yeah, it's... um. Yeah, it's crazy because on the one hand, I believe you, and, and, I, and, and, and I, on the one hand, I, and I see that happening 100%. I see, because I, I see the news. He agreed to early elections, which is great, right? Mm-hmm. But another side of me says, right. well, you know, like, uh, what's to stop him from saying, no, I'm going to use the military and I'm going to stay in power as long as it takes with the help of the military, you know, like, and mm-hmm. especially because in the, in the thing about the U.S. is that the U.S. is a, a several, several headed dragon, you know, and this mm-hmm. dragon has several heads and they all move and they want to go in different directions. So one head of the dragon, being the president, loves dictators, you know, he mm-hmm. loves the shit out of dictators like he did with Kim Jong-un and Putin, you know, he's, he's right. Putin's puppet. Like, you have, you have a president here that loves the shit out of dictators, is isolationist, and doesn't give a shit about Latin America, and then you have mm-hmm. someone like Putin who doesn't give a shit about... You know who you are as long as he held, he holds that power as long as he has that connection to Ortega, right? That mm-hmm. that, that 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 productive, fruitful connection. Um, then then that's all he cares about. And so and so, I see it where there might be a I see it happening where there might be a stalemate because you know the U.S. president mm-hmm. and the Russian president don't don't won't want him out. Um, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, people in the U.S. Congress are will try to push him out, or, 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 or will try mm-hmm. to do whatever they can. Um, but again, because the U.S. is a several-headed dragon, if the dragon mm-hmm. doesn't, if the dragon doesn't move unilaterally in a single direction, it's hard to measure the impact that this thing that this dragon will have. You know, it's hard mm-hmm. to measure the impact of the Magnitsky Act will have mm-hmm. if it's not fully supported you know by the whole organism and so and so i and so i see two two scenarios where like yes elections early elections happen and yes he steps down and yes there's trials and assist and the system of justice is revamped so that mm-hmm. there's justice but i also see it where like he just says you know fuck you i'm staying because he, he might learn from what Maduro is doing in Venezuela, you know? He might see Maduro, you know, still holding on to power. Not, not, not ideally, but he's still holding on to power. And he might say, you know what, if Maduro can do it, so can I. You know? It's... Yeah, but there, there, there are a couple of things that you need to take into consideration. First thing, he's been in power and he's been amassing this uh, fortune 
thanks to Venezuela's petrodollares, you know, the money that we receive from when Venezuela used to be a strong economy dependent on oil back in Chavez time. So right now, Venezuela is crushed, economically speaking. We are receiving no more money from them at all. So that's one big major sponsor, Ortega sponsor, that's that he doesn't have anymore here in Latin America. Also, <coughs> I'm sorry, he's seeing the economy plummet. We're, we're all seeing the economy plummet. You know, here in Nicaragua, you the economy is plummeting on a bigger percentage than it ever rose during these 11 years. Wow. I don't think that, and also, there's one more thing. Maduro doesn't have a Chayo. <laughs> so who is Chayo? Chayo is Ortega's wife. And, and vice that president. Woman, and vice president, by the way. That fucking, that's fucking crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. That woman it's right a, there. It's a family dynasty. Exactly. That woman right there is evil and also, also smart. She's not going to let She's got. She's not gonna let them court. She's not not gonna let them get cornered like Maduro is. Look at it this way: uh, there was an uh, OAS, that's Organism for the American States Assembly, like a couple weeks ago, and mm -hmm. in, in which they all voted on what was gonna happen. What should the OAS do with the Venezuela, you know, situation? Since they just re-elected Maduro, very very fraudulent in a fraudulent way. And uh, a lot of so you had the countries who were voting for Venezuela to stay, and then countries who were voting against Nicaragua abstained the vote. They did not vote for Venezuela, and they didn't do uh, get out Venezuela. They didn't do a stay Venezuela. They just said, "I'm not gonna vote." Huh. That tells you right there that Ortega is turning his back on Maduro. If he would have his back, he would have supported Ortega in the... I'm sorry, he would have supported Maduro in that uh, OAS voting, but he didn't. Huh. He, he didn't. Yeah, that's that actually happened a couple weeks ago. So I'm seeing that his wife is probably counseling him, telling him, because, you know, and well, also, we're not saying that he's stupid by any means, but his wife is also really smart. She's probably saying something like, we better take a way out so that we can leave with the, with the biggest amount of money that we can with our family and fuck everyone else. Yeah. Because if they stay, there's only one way that they're going to leave, and that would be death. Even if he stays for so many years and, and more, he's not going to enjoy whatever remains, whatever, you know, however long he stays. And I believe he's smarter than that. That's why I believe he's really leaving. He lost political allies in the hemisphere, and uh, he's smarter than Maduro. That's basically what I think happened. So he's going to yeah. leave because because whereas Maduro is going to fight till the end and go down fighting and suffer mm -hmm. greatly from it, you know, mm -hmm. um, Ortega is going to cut his losses and leave before 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 justice gets to him. Yeah, because okay. he's smarter than that, I believe. Well, I'm crossing my fingers and hoping that that's what really happens, man, because I, at this point, I feel like anything can happen, but I'm really hoping for the best. You know, I really, I just really want you guys to be safe and not worry about having to go outside at 10 a.m. and not worried and worried about not coming back. You know, that's fucked up. You know, that shouldn't be happening anymore. It's 2018 and... 
you know, when I grew up, I, I feel like I, and growing up in the 90s, I felt like I grew up in a, in a world that was fairly peaceful. Um, and, 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 and I just couldn't imagine growing up and witnessing this. You know, I, I just thought that we would be over this sort of savagery. This, 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 this wanting to hold on to power for, for no matter how long you can, you know, like that's, um, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. And and man, I'm, I'm still processing all of it. You know, I'm still trying to figure out what my role, what my, what should my role be in all of this? You know, I'm just throwing the idea of the virtual reality museum of atrocities out there. You know, I, I think, I think it's a good idea. I think it's worth giving it a shot, but you know, aside from, that what else do you think do you guys think people in the in the outside world can do for Nicaragua what what could people in the outside world do for you guys that could make a difference now that the audience is listening um uh, I don't know act um just uh, what do you think Nancy (laughs) just act uh, bring some help uh, support um, just, um, I heard now, Minty, look, uh, is he gone? I don't know. Well, okay. I'm here, I'm here, I'm sorry. I wasn't yeah, muted. Um, um, just, uh, just don't stay there and watch. Just, I mean, like, I don't want to say, uh, bring an army and take this guy down because I'm, I'm against the war. <laughs> to be honest, I'm a man of no wars. Um, but, um, but, uh, just, uh, fuck, international community, just don't stay there, <laughs> uh, do something, uh, uh, I don't know, just come over, stop this guy somehow, <laughs> take him over, overthrow him somehow, <laughs> help us. Yeah, uh, yeah the, the thing is, um, I believe is spreading the word is important, and, well, by doing this, I think we help a lot because not many people know exactly what's happening. And there's a lot of confusion, right, and fake news about it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the that's the best thing we can do. I did get in contact with a friend of mine from the UK, and uh, she managed to do a GoFundMe campaign. All right, and she sent some money for donations. What we're using this is. This is a campaign my girlfriend and I are running. Um, we're using this money to buy medicine, to buy food, and to help people that we see in need. So this medicine and this food will be taken to people in the trenches that are actively fighting, you know, the pro-government police and stuff. And Because obviously, since there are trenches and barricades everywhere, supplies are starting to, low, to run low. So... We're using this. This is a uh, this is a little bit of help that we're doing. We're not the only ones doing this in Nicaragua. There are a lot of people helping, uh, people who are actively fighting the police, and that's one way that we've decided to help to help the cause. It's true that I cannot be behind a barricade, you know, throwing rocks at the police because I'm a very shitty rock thrower. <laughs> but at least I can help in other ways. And uh, I, like I said before, spreading the word helps a lot. Um, you know, it's kind of sad into a certain point because uh, a lot of people here in Managua, they used to be indifferent, all right, to 
to pain. As long as it doesn't happen to you, then you simply don't care. That was the basic mentality around here. That changed completely because obviously now we're the ones being affected. Now we're being the we're the ones being at war. So I believe that the whole thing will do a, a whole like an overhaul on this on the Karawan society as a whole. And uh, that's the best thing that can come out of this, you know, a more united country after all. But yeah, that's that would be what I think happens. Yeah, well, I'm hoping I'm hoping that that's the direction things go in. And and again, if if people want to help out, um, is there a way to access the Kickstarter, Mincy, or is that already over? <laughs> Um, what she did a go the GoFundMe oh, the campaign. GoFundMe. It's already over. Okay. Yeah, it's already over. She did like a short amount just to test it out. She did a two hundred, two hundred pound. She's in the UK, right? Hmm. Two hundred pound um, goal that was you know recollected in the you know very very fairly quick. Now two hundred pounds. That's uh three hundred something dollars. And it may not sound like much, but converted into Cordovas, which is the local currency, it's like it's a lot of money that we can use to buy things and help out. The only thing that we, the ones who are operating this here in the country, we just need to be careful on how we deliver it so that we don't attract too much attention, all right? Because then we put ourselves at risk. And that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a thing we're doing we're doing ourselves here. We're dealing with that, and we are thinking of strategies to minimize the risk. We're not non, we're not going to simply neglect it because there's no way to avoid risk. As soon as you step out of the house, you're at risk. That's the situation. So we're looking at strategies to minimize the risk, but also making sure that we get the donations where they need to be taken. On the campaign, I'm pretty sure she's going to start another one Pretty soon, as, lo- uh, as soon as we get this thing, the thing that we um, that we have right now, we get it over with, we deliver it, I am sure she's going to start something else. And, well, when that happens, I think I could let you know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that'd be great. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and po- post the links in the show notes so that people can have access to it later on. And, uh, and yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to figure out ways I can add my, my little grain of sand here. Um, and mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully everything ends peacefully, guys. Um, I guess we're going to start bringing, it's been two hours already. We talked for two hours. Time flies when you're having, when you're learning about atrocities and you're having a, a conversation about Smash Brothers. I don't know how we were able to have <laughs> both at the same time, but we figured it out. It was fun and informative and also necessary. You know, it's necessary to get uncomfortable sometimes and realize the truth and you know take it all in and make decisions based on the truth that's that's important and i hope you know i was able to do just that you know i i i know this this conversation wasn't so heavy on the on the virtual reality but i think it's Uh. necessary that people are informed and aware that you know this atrocity can happen in your country you know we're seeing the rise of dictators to the we're seeing a, sorry. We're seeing a rise of, of dictators, and we're seeing a rise of people who, um, whom, and and the decline of democracy in the world today. And I think now more than ever, it's important that we pay attention to these stories and these 
unfoldings because it could be us, you know, just because, you know, this is happening in some small nation in Central America, that doesn't mean that the pattern, the human pattern that leads to those, those situations, that doesn't mean that we won't be affected or, uh, or, or symptomatic of them, I think. So anyways, yeah, Junior, sorry, what were you going to say, brother? Yeah, I was going to say that, uh, again, just like Chris, uh, Chris says, um, I'm, I'm sorry if we went so deep into, you know, the situation that is happening in Manawa, and I'm saying this to the virtual reality community, the fans that that that, that follows Chris on, on, on the podcast. Um, but um, I think uh, Minchi um, and Chris as a Nicaraguan uh, and myself, we all we just wanted to have our voice being heard. We want to be heard by the people, and 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 and, and just to, to follow up on what Chris says, uh, what do we want from the international community? Just share this voice, everyone. Share the voice, please. Have us being heard internationally, um, so then people that can actually do something, they can come over and help us out somehow. Bring ideas. Um, even propose candidates, fresh candidates, if if, if they have, um, uh, I don't know, whatever. But any anything that it's not Daniel Ortega's related, I think it's good. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, um, So so guys, please share this. Um, keep following up, Chris, <laughs> on his <laughs> channel, and 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 thank you for listening to us. Um, 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 I, I, I think um, it would be great if we can uh, catch up later on, guys. I don't know on another podcast, maybe, um, maybe whenever this is this is this is you know this has passed or probably before. I don't know. You guys, just let me know. We'll and, definitely and I'm down. do this again because I want to make sure that I follow up with you guys. That you guys are safe. That the community is aware that you guys are safe. Um, mm -hmm. You are part of the virtual reality community, whether you know it or not. Um, and so I'm definitely going to be keeping you, keeping people, uh, keeping up with you guys. And so thank you, thank you, thank you guys. How can people stay in touch and follow up with all the things that you're doing these days? Is there a way that people can reach you if you'd like to be reached? I don't know if you want to, but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I can, I could, I could attest to that. Actually, you have two ways to follow it up. You could, there's a Twitter account, all right? There's an American journalist going about. His name is Tim Rogers, and uh, he's, he's here in Nicaragua. He's been here since day one. His Twitter account is at Nika Dispatch, all together, at Nika Dispatch. And there's also the, the Facebook page, Nicaragua Dispatch, the Nicaragua Dispatch that is also run by him. He's up to date with every single thing that happens, every little little detail everything that we live that we're living he's also living here so and of course he is uh he's aiming this uh this whole thing this coverage to the english-speaking world um you could also contact me through twitter as well at chinus x that would be c-h-i-n-u-s-x at chinus that's my twitter account and yeah man whatever just follow yeah oh. Yeah, you can follow me as just as Junior Esquivel on Facebook. <laughs> I don't use my Twitter account, but just yeah. follow me up on Junior Esquivel on Facebook. Uh, Junior with Y, by the way. And um, um, I I post stuff, uh, a lot of stuff about what's going on, and you know some other crazy random stuff. 
but I also post a lot of stuff of what's actually happening in Managua. So um, if you also want to know about what's actually happening here, you can just look for me on Facebook. And um, yeah, guys, uh, thank you. Thank you for listening to us. And and good news, uh, we gathered the 1,000 signatures on on the you know on you know have the the page the for the government. Chris. The yes. Magnitsky yeah. Act. Magnitsky Act. Yes, we gathered the 1,000 uh, signatures. 100, yeah, we're 100,000. Yeah, we're we're 100,000 plus now. So um, I think it's good news. It's good news good for now. us. We put mm-hmm. pressure. That's what we need, right? Yep, yep, yes, yes. Peaceful resistance, and hopefully, um, and and international pressure will hopefully win the day here, guys. You truly are living through a, a nightmare. I hope that the nightmare ends soon. Um, I'll be here, uh, paying attention to everything that's going on. And and hoping that yeah, and hoping that things get better. Thank you so much for your time, and I will see you. I will see you later. I will definitely see you later, gentlemen. <laughs> have a great one. Night. Have a great night. Hey, right. you too, man. Thank you. All right, be safe. Thanks, thanks everyone. Thank you, Chris, for having bye. us over. Hey, bye, everyone. Have a great one. Bye. <laughs>